All right, church family, I hope you have your Bibles in hand. We're going to be diving into God's Word together over the next few minutes. I'm excited this morning that we're launching our brand new message series that I'm calling You Asked For It. We're tackling some of the most commonly asked questions about God, about the Bible, and our Christian faith. And uh, I need you to do me a favor. Over the last week, uh, we had a survey on social media. Uh, We had 12 of the most commonly asked questions that people ask regarding God and our faith. And three of those questions, uh, people came back with us as being the ones they most wanted to have answered. And so I've got those top three questions for you right now. And based on how you choose uh, your favorites of these three, uh, will determine what I preach on next week. And so I'll answer the question uh, that does the best out of these three over these next few seconds. So here are those three questions, the three most uh, popular questions from our survey this last week. Question number one, is suicide an unforgivable sin? Question two, how could I know God's plan for my life? And question number three, has the great tribulation begin? If you're watching this sermon on either Facebook or live.greaterimpact.cc, over the next 30 seconds, I want you to put down on a message one, two, or three, which one do you want me to preach on next week? If you're watching this on YouTube, send a quick text to one of our prayer counselors. Which one is your favorite? One, two, or three? You've got 30 seconds. Ready, set, go. everyone. Thank you for voting. I'll tackle the one that came in first place next Sunday. Uh, Today I'm looking forward to answering one of the questions that millions of Americans have asked in one way or another over the past month. And the question is, how could a loving God allow COVID-19? How could a loving God allow COVID-19? 17 years ago, my wife Christine and I uh, we're so excited. We were at a good place in our lives. Our firstborn daughter, Kayla, had just turned a year old, and we went to the OB one day and learned that Christine was expecting our second baby. We were so excited. Our little family of three was going to become a family of four. And so we went in when Christine was maybe six weeks or so pregnant and went in for the ultrasound, and we saw that beautiful little baby inside Christine's womb. Uh, We saw the the forming of that precious little baby, and everything was looking wonderful. Uh, But we went back for a second ultrasound about a month later. And as we were looking at that ultrasound, something seemed off. It didn't look like the, the baby had grown much since the first ultrasound, and there wasn't a heartbeat. And we were kind of novices at this thing, but it seemed like there should be a heartbeat by that point in the pregnancy. And so a few minutes later, the doctor, the OB, sat us down, and he informed us that our little baby in Christine's womb had passed away. It was going to be a miscarriage. And we went home, and we were devastated. And over the next week, we prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed that God would work a miracle 
in that little baby's life. And we went back for the final ultrasound and it was confirmed that that little baby had died inside Christine's womb. We were devastated, but she had to have that appointment set up where she went into the hospital and the doctor delivered that dead little baby. In the days that followed, we had a lot of questions on our minds. And at the top of the list was this question. How could a loving God allow our little baby to pass away? How could a loving God allow that? And really that question about that baby who never got to see the light of day is part of a larger, a more basic question, a broader question that we ask oftentimes today. And this question that is the the subject of our sermon today, our message today, how could a loving God allow COVID-19? It's really a part of that same broader question. And that broader question is this. Why does God allow pain and suffering? If he is a loving God, how could he allow suffering? Deep down, I want to know. Deep down, you want to know. If God is loving and he is all powerful, then why doesn't he stop our suffering? It's a pretty basic question, isn't it? If he's all powerful, why doesn't he stop it? If God is loving and all-powerful, why does he allow children to be born with chronic diseases like muscular dystrophy and and MS? Why does he allow little children to be born with Down syndrome or or autism? If God is loving and all-powerful, then why does he allow people, especially kids, to be born with ailments like leukemia or end up as a five or six or seven-year-old dying of cancer? Why does God allow that? And while we're at it, if God is loving and all-powerful, then why does he allow mass murderers to be born? If he knew what Hitler was capable of and what Hitler was going to do, why didn't he stop Hitler before he ever rose to power? Why does a God allow the Kim Jong-uns and the Osama bin Ladens of the world to do what they do, to wreak the havoc that they wreak? Honestly, if you and I had the same power that God has, we'd do things a lot differently, wouldn't we? We do things a lot differently. Imagine if you had the power that God has, how you would do things differently. We probably would have knocked off Hitler long before he ever rose to power. If we had the power that God had, perhaps we'd say, you know what, I'm going to snap my fingers and get rid of every rapist and get rid of every child molester and get rid of everyone that is is wreaking havoc in other people's lives. If we had God's power, maybe we would stop all abortions or we'd stop every divorce from taking place. If I had God's power, I might choose to stop every earthquake and stop every hurricane and and stop uh, every tsunami and stop every pandemic from ever taking place. Yes, if we had God's power, we'd do things a lot differently, wouldn't we? The bottom line is God does things much differently than we think at times they should be done. And that's what makes today's question so challenging. We know that God has the power to snap his fingers right now and stop COVID-19 in its tracks. He could do it in the moment I'm speaking. He could snap his fingers and stop COVID-19, but he doesn't. And we wonder why. Why doesn't he stop? Well, I think before we tackle that question, it's important to answer a more fundamental question. And that's the question, what causes pain and suffering in the first place? 
what are the sources of our pain and suffering? What causes our pain and suffering? And I want to draw your attention quickly to four things that cause our pain and suffering in this world where we live. Number one, cause number one, our own poor choices and sin. Our own poor choices and sin. Uh, Let's be honest with each other. One of the reasons that you and I suffer is because it's our own darn fault. Just being honest with you. Just shooting straight with you right now. That's one of the reasons we suffer. It's one of the reasons we have pain. We make poor choices and we sin and we do things that end up causing us pain and suffering, right? Sometimes it's our own darn fault. Think about it. When we eat too much junk food or we smoke like a chimney or we drink too much alcohol, our health is going to suffer, right? We know this. Lung cancer and emphysema are prevalent in those who have smoked for years. Type 2 diabetes is often caused because we eat too much refined sugar and we don't exercise enough. Liver failure is common in those who abuse alcohol. Uh, Sexually transmitted diseases are most common in those who are promiscuous. In 1 Corinthians 11.30, Paul makes it clear that at times our sickness and even our death are the direct result of our own sin. And that's something that none of us like to hear, but it's something we need to hear. Oftentimes our pain and suffering is our own fault. There's no denying it. Much of the pain and suffering is the result of our own poor choices and our own sin. But we realize that's not the only source of our pain and suffering, is it? The second source, other people's poor choices and sin. You think about Jesus, Jesus never sinned. He he never sinned and he never made even a poor choice. Yet Jesus suffered more than any other person who's ever lived. Jesus suffered even in his final hours before he went to the cross. He suffered at the hands of dozens of people who were doing some of the most wretched things that could ever be inflicted on another person. And so remember, they came up to Jesus and they slapped him across the face and they beat him across the head. They blindfolded him, hit him over the head with a stick. They took Jesus and they scourged him with those whips that would tear off shards of flesh from his back. Uh, He went through this excruciating pain as he was nailed to the cross and, and hung there for six hours. Jesus went through all of this and none of it was his fault. None of it was because of his sin or his poor choices. It was because of other people's poor choices and sin that Jesus suffered that pain and suffered all of that anguish. The Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Peter 2, 19 and 20, It is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering. Because he is conscious of God. If you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. See, just as Jesus suffered as a result of other people's stupidity and sin, you and I will also suffer because of other people's stupidity and sin. Much of our pain is the result of other people's poor choices and other people's sin. But those aren't the only two reasons why we experience pain and suffering. There's a third reason. And that is Satan himself. Satan and his attacks bring about much of the pain and suffering in this world. Think about Job. Uh, Most of us are familiar with his story in the Old Testament. Uh, Job uh, dealt with some of the most excruciating pain that anyone in the Old Testament had to deal with. 
And it says in Job 2.7 that Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and he afflicted Job with painful sores from the soles of his feet to the top of his head. It's very clear there in Job 2 that this pain and anguish and suffering that Job dealt with was a direct result of Satan. Satan caused it. Satan caused it. 2 Corinthians 12, 7, we read something similar in Paul's life. Paul had what he called a thorn in his flesh. Uh, It was something, we don't know what it was. Maybe it was epilepsy. Maybe it was blindness. Maybe it was uh, ill effects from having had malaria in prior years. We don't know. It's only a guess. He doesn't tell us what the ailment was. But here's how he describes the ailment in 2 Corinthians 12, 7. He says this ailment was a messenger of Satan to torment me. It's a messenger of Satan to torment me. And so the bottom line is Satan caused Job to suffer. Satan caused Paul to suffer. And at times, Satan will cause you and me to suffer as well. There's actually a fourth cause of some of the pain and suffering we deal with. And that is our fallen world that we live in. Our fallen world. Last Sunday and Monday, two severe tornadoes uh, ripped through Mississippi. And these tornadoes, as many of you probably heard, killed 12 people and destroyed millions and millions of dollars of homes and buildings there in Mississippi. And and we look at a, a devastation like that and we wonder if God is good... And it says over and over and over again in in Genesis chapter 1 that everything that God created was good. Then why do we have earthquakes? And why do we have tornadoes? And why do we have hurricanes and tsunamis? And why do we have pandemics that claim thousands of lives every single year? Why? And one of the answers is because we live in a fallen world. In Romans 8.22, Paul says this, he says, We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. So much of the suffering we deal with in life is the result of living in a fallen world. Would there have been deadly earthquakes and tsunamis and hurricanes and pandemics if Adam and Eve had never sinned? Well, I'm convinced the answer is no. If the Garden of Eden was still where we live today, we wouldn't have these earthquakes and tsunamis and and tornadoes and pandemics. Much of what we deal with today is a result of this being a fallen world. It's very interesting there in the early chapters of Genesis, especially in Genesis chapter 3, after Adam and Eve had sinned, God makes it clear that not only will there be a curse because of sin on humanity, and on the creatures that live on this planet, it even says there in Genesis chapter 3, because of our sin, the ground we walk on is cursed. Think about that. The very soil we walk on every day is actually cursed because of sin. And so all of this upheaval in nature is the result of us living in a fallen world. So, What is the source of our pain and suffering? Well, there are four sources. Some of the pain and suffering we deal with is, number one, because of our own dumb choices and sin. The second source, other people's dumb choices and sin. The third source, Satan himself. And the fourth is the fact that we live in a fallen world. Now, it's important to understand that God doesn't cause all of our pain and suffering. 
He gets blamed for a lot of stuff that he didn't directly cause. So it's important to understand he doesn't cause all of our pain and suffering. But that still leaves us with the original question. Because if someone were to ask me, Pastor Dane, okay, I accept what you're saying. It's a given that God doesn't cause all of our pain and suffering. But is it not true that God has the power to stop it? Regardless of where it comes from, whether it's from me, whether it's from others, whether it's from Satan, whether it's from nature, isn't it true that God has the power to stop it? Biblically, the answer is, yes, he does. He has the power to stop it. So back to our original question, then why doesn't he? If he has the power to stop it, why doesn't he stop it? Why doesn't he stop all the pain and suffering? Well, I want to be honest with you as we answer this question. Why doesn't God stop all the pain and suffering? Why doesn't he allow my wife and I to have that second child that was in her womb? Why doesn't he snap his fingers and stop COVID-19 in this very instant? Why did he allow that tornado last Sunday on Easter Sunday when many are celebrating the resurrection of Christ? Why did he allow that to hit Mississippi? We have all these questions. Why does God allow pain and suffering? And the most honest answer I can give you is, we don't know. We don't know. And honestly, a lot of Christians have not liked that answer over the centuries. And many Christians have said, you know what? I've started this walk of faith, but I'm through. I cannot wrap my mind around this idea that God allows pain and suffering and doesn't always explain why. And so, you know what? I'm done. I'm walking away from the faith. Many have sadly chosen to do that over the years. And ultimately, God gives you free choice. You have the same opportunity if you want. But you know what? I think it's best if you hang in for a little bit further explanation of why things are the way that they are and how God calls us to respond to the things that we do not understand. Many have walked away from the faith because they think it's completely unsatisfactory of an answer that we can't know for sure why God doesn't get rid of all pain and suffering. But that's okay. It's okay if we don't always know. As long as we know a few things that I'm about to share with you right now. You have your Bibles with you. I want you to turn to two passages we'll look at in a moment. First of all, in the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 43. And then in the New Testament, Revelation chapter 21. So Isaiah 43 in the Old Testament and Revelation chapter 21. That's the second to last book in the New Testament. I want you to have your uh, places held there in those two passages. I'm going to share a lot of scriptures with you over the next few minutes. But those are the two main ones I want you to see for yourself right there in the pages of your own Bible. We have all these questions for God. We don't know why He allows pain and suffering, but here are four things that I do know. Here are four things that you can know for sure about God. Number one, when pain and suffering comes, you are not alone. You are not alone. When the suffering comes your way, God makes it clear that you are not going through this alone. There are a lot of promises of God in the Bible. Do you happen to know what the most commonly repeated promise of God in the Bible is? God makes all these promises. You know what the most commonly repeated promise of God is? It's this. 
I will be with you. Would you say that with me? I will be with you. God will be with you. Turn to the person next to you and say, God will be with you. Go ahead. Amen. It's the most commonly repeated promise of God in the pages of Scripture. God repeats that promise over and over again in the Bible. If you are a believer and follower of Jesus Christ, God doesn't promise you that your life will be free of pain and suffering. In fact, it's just the opposite. Jesus promised us that in this life we will have trouble. In this life we will have suffering. But in the midst of our pain and suffering, we are not alone. He is with us. Now, I want you to see that first scripture I had you turn to. Isaiah chapter 43, verses 2 and 3. These are marvelous verses. And I I want you to see it there in your Bible. But we're going to put it on the screen for you as well. So we can read it together in the same translation. This is from the New International Version. Would you read this with me? When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Isn't that a glorious passage? When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Do you remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They were thrown into that fiery furnace because they refused to bow down and worship a false god. They were thrown into that fiery furnace, but we know that they were not alone, right? Remember when they looked through the window and looked into that fiery furnace, these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, had suddenly become four men. And and Nebuchadnezzar looks in, he says, there's a fourth man, where'd he come from? And he looks like a son of the gods. We know that Jesus Christ was there in the furnace with them. They still had to go through the fire, but they didn't have to go through it alone. Jesus Christ was with them. And you know what? When you go through the fire, Jesus Christ will be with you as well if you claim Him as your Savior and Lord. He will be with you in the fire. And you know something else? Jesus actually has His hand on the thermostat. He does. And so he's controlling how hot it gets, and he will not let it get too hot for you with his strength. So number one, this is a truth from Scripture that you can know for sure. You are not alone. Number two, Jesus knows how you feel. Jesus knows how you feel. In Hebrews 4.15, we read these words about Jesus. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Not only was Jesus tempted in every way that we are, he has also suffered in every way that we have suffered. So you can be certain that when you hurt, he hurts. He knows what you're going through. He knows how you feel because he's been there. And I take comfort in knowing that whatever I'm dealing with, Jesus Christ knows how I feel. Number three, your pain has a purpose. No matter what you're going through, no matter how much you're suffering, your pain always has a purpose. Personally, I think that God gets a really bad rap 
for not stopping all of the pain and suffering that we deal with. Uh, we look at the tornadoes and the earthquakes and the hurricanes, and we assume that God is letting every possible natural disaster come our way. We don't consider for a moment that God is just possibly holding back the worst tornadoes. That God is possibly holding back the worst hurricanes and the worst earthquakes. Have you considered the possibility that as bad as COVID-19 is, this is just a drop in the bucket compared to how a pandemic could be? Have you considered the possibility that COVID-19 is chump change compared to the pandemic that God might be holding back and protecting us from? God gets a bad rap. We blame God for the coronavirus deaths, but give him no thanks that the deaths have been significantly lower than virtually every expert predicted. Governor Cuomo of New York flat out said this last week, God did not stop the spread of the virus. He said that this last week. God did not stop the spread of the virus. Does Does that sound reasonable to you? Does that sound reasonable? We blame God for the virus. We blame God for the pain and suffering we deal with. But we give him absolutely no credit when it's not as bad as we thought it was going to be. That doesn't seem like we're giving God a fair shake. We look at the COVID-19s and the H1N1s of the world and we assume that God is letting all the viruses run rampant. We don't stop to even consider the possibility that these pandemics are nothing compared to what they could be. Were God not having mercy upon us. We shake our fists at God for allowing viruses to exist. But we don't thank Him for the many others that He has certainly protected us from. We look at our miscarried children and we blame God for their deaths. Instead of just taking a few moments and considering that maybe God was carrying out an act of mercy on that child. When, when Christine and I lost our little one, We had to stop and think, maybe this is part of God's plan. Maybe he knew that this child was going to deal with some terrible suffering at an older age, and God spared that child from that. By the way, I have four daughters. I'm convinced that was my one son. Perhaps God was sparing him from what awaited him down the road. Perhaps God knew that one day he would turn his back on God, and it would bring misery and pain to his family. And maybe put him on a path where he would spend eternity separated from God. And so maybe God said, you know, in mercy, I'm going to take that child from his mother's womb and bring him right to heaven. So often we don't stop and think that God's acts are actually in our best interest. God's acts, even when we don't understand them, God's acts that bring some pain and suffering are actually all for our good. You know, it says that very same thing in Romans 8.28, my favorite verse in the Bible. It says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. God's promise there in Romans 8.28, if you love God and you are carrying out his purpose for your life, then God promises everything that comes across your path. He is working together for the good. You can take that to the bank. Many of you love Jeremiah 29.11. It's for many of you your favorite verse in the Bible. 
that says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Peter tells us in 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7, Though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief and all kinds of trials, these have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Friends, our pain always, always, always has a purpose. I firmly believe that God doesn't ever allow any pain or suffering to come my way except that which passes through his love for me. And the same goes for you. Think about this. Any pain and suffering that you deal with has to first pass through God's filter of love for you. And if it cannot pass through his filter of love, it never comes your way and you're none the wiser. But we will learn one day in heaven all of these things that God protected us from that we were oblivious to here on earth as so many were shaking their fists at God thinking God was some cruel, mean-spirited dictator in heaven that was allowing all of this stuff to come our way. Oh, if they only knew. If they only knew. We don't always need to know the reason for the pain and suffering. We just need to know that God is good and God is at work So trust Him and keep following Him. Your pain has a purpose. Number four, something else I know for certain. As we experience pain and suffering in this life, your pain will all be over soon. Your pain will be over soon. I want to ask you, hypothetically here, would you jog five miles If I were to give you 20 bucks, would you do that? Would you jog five miles if I were to give you 20 bucks? Probably most of you are saying, "Uh uh-uh, I don't run unless I got a big dog chasing me. Okay, (laughs) most of us say, nope, 20 bucks, I'm staying right where I am, in my jammies, on my couch. Let me ask you, would you run five miles for $1,000? Or let me kick it up a notch from there. Would you run five miles, jog five miles for a million dollars? Most of us would probably say, yes, I would. Show me the money. I'll jog five miles, even if it almost kills me. I'm going to jog five miles for a million dollars. And the reason I ask that is, the pain and the suffering are worth it if the reward is big enough, right? If the reward is great enough, we'll deal with some pain and suffering. 2 Corinthians 4.17 says, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. You see those two words, light and momentary. Think about that. Every bit of pain you deal with in this world is light and momentary. Every bit of suffering you go through is light and momentary. When you are a billion years into eternity and you look back at your life here on earth, it's going to seem like a quick blip on the radar screen. Compared to the length of eternity, this life of ours here on earth is so, so short. And compared to the absolute joy and thrill of heaven, this life's trials are absolutely piddly. Therefore, it is wise to do what Paul says we we should do in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 18. 
Because he's just gotten through saying that all of our troubles are light and momentary, he says in that next verse, so we fix our eyes on not what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Because our trials and our suffering and our pain are light and momentary, we don't focus on all our suffering. We fix our eyes up ahead on Jesus Christ and what awaits us in heaven. Because all that we're dealing with here, all of the crud we deal with here on earth, when we get into eternity, we'll see that all of this stuff we suffered through is so, so worth it in the scope of eternity. As a pastor, I've had many opportunities over the years to speak at people's memorial services and funerals. And there have been so many times when I've stood before a family and I've shared that second verse that I asked you to turn to a few moments ago. It's in the second to last chapter in the Bible, Revelation chapter 21, starting in verse 4. I want you to see it on your screen and read it with me together. It says, He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Let's read that together one more time. In heaven, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Isn't that great news? There in heaven, all of that suffering will be over with. All of the stuff here on earth that is lousy, that we can't stand, is going to be over with. The truth is, some of your pain and suffering is self-inflicted. It's because of your own poor choices and sin. The truth is, some of the pain and suffering you deal with is a result of other people's poor choices and sin. The truth is, that some of what we deal with in life is a direct result of Satan's uh, troubles that he causes. And some of those difficulties and sufferings come because we live in a fallen world. But when all is said and done, I want you to know today that regardless of the source of your pain and suffering, as you trust Jesus Christ and as you follow Jesus Christ in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your suffering, he is with you. Amen. He knows how you feel. There is a purpose to every bit of pain and suffering you go through in this life. And all of this suffering will be over soon. Oh, so press on, Christian. Persevere. God is good. God is in control. And He knows what He's doing. So trust Him. You may not understand today why you're going through what you're going through in this life. But you don't need to understand You'll be glad to know that God understands, that God has a plan. He is working all things together for good if you love Him and are carrying out His purpose for your life. So trust Him. You don't have to have all the answers as long as God is in control of your life. As long as He knows, you're going to be okay. As long as He is in control, you're going to be okay. So trust Him, love Him, obey His commands, and stick with Him. Until that time he calls you home. Because it will all be over soon enough. And as you look back from the vantage point of eternity. You're going to see that everything you dealt with in this life. It's so, so worth it. Persevere Christian. You're coming home soon. You're coming down the home stretch. It will all be worth it in the end. Oh God bless you. I have five questions 
for you today to see if you were absorbing what we were talking about today. Question number one. Today's question was, how could a loving God allow COVID-19? This is part of a broader question. What is that broader question that we talked about? COVID-19 is part of a broader question. What is that broader question? Question number two. There are at least four causes of our suffering. List at least two of them. What are at least two of those causes of the suffering that we deal with in life? Number three. Why does God at times choose not to stop our pain and suffering? Why does God choose not to stop our pain and suffering? I'll be a little more specific here in, related to co- in relation to COVID-19. Why does God not snap his fingers right now and stop COVID-19? Number four, what is the most repeated promise of God in the Bible? The most repeated promise of God in the Bible And question number five, two blanks to fill in. As we follow Jesus Christ, our pain always has a what? And our suffering will be over when? Okay, fill in those two blanks. So let's go back to number one. Today's question was, how could a loving God allow COVID-19? This is part of a broader question. The broader question is, how could a loving God allow suffering? Or how could God allow pain and suffering? That's the broader question. Question number two. There are at least four causes of the pain and suffering we deal with in life. I asked you to list at least two of those causes. I'll give you all four. If you had any of these two, you've answered this question correctly. Number one, our own poor choices and sin. Number two, others' poor choices and sin. Number three, Satan's attacks. And number four, our own fallen world that we live in. Question number three, why does God at times choose not to stop our pain and suffering? Why doesn't God snap his fingers and immediately stop COVID-19? The most honest answer is, we don't know. We don't know. Number four, what is the most repeated promise of God in the Bible? Remember, church, most promised, uh, most repeated promise of God in the Bible is, I will be with you. I will be with you. And then question number five, fill in the blanks. As we follow Jesus Christ, our pain always has a purpose. Our pain always has a purpose and our suffering will be over soon. Amen? Your pain always has a purpose and our suffering will be over soon. Would you bow your heads with me? I want to close this in a word of prayer today. And I especially want to pray for those of you who are going through a tough time right now. Please bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, we don't have all the answers. And Lord Jesus, you understand since you have walked this earth, since you have experienced the same trials and difficulties and sufferings that we have, you understand that from our vantage point, it's really hard not knowing the answer to that question, why? Lord, I'll never know this side of heaven why that little one wasn't allowed to be born into my family. Lord, I'll never know this side of heaven why you allowed COVID-19 to last as long as it has I'll never understand uh, 9-11. I'll never fully understand the sight of heaven, why those tornadoes struck Mississippi last weekend. But Heavenly Father, I thank you that we can know for sure 
that we are not alone as we suffer. We thank You, O Lord Jesus, that You understand and You know how we feel. We thank You, Father, for Your promise that this will all be over soon and that there is a purpose to our pain. There is a purpose to what we're going through. I thank You, Lord, that You never waste pain in the life of one of Your followers. You never waste suffering in the life of one of Your followers. And Lord, You may not bring that suffering But when you allow that suffering, I thank you, Lord, that it must pass through your love for us. I want to pray right now, Lord, for those who are in pain right now. Some, Lord, watching this message and listening to this message are dealing with some uh, level eight or nine pain. Maybe some listening to this message are dealing with a level ten pain. The tears are coming down their cheeks, Lord, because they're just in agony physically right now. Father, I pray for your comfort and your strength. And reassure them that you're with them in the midst of that pain. Some, Lord, today, Lord, are are, are dealing with the, the pain of broken relationships. Emotional pain. Lord, some are emotionally in agony right now, Lord, grieving the loss of a loved one. Or are grieving, Lord, a relationship that is broken. Some, Lord, are dealing with depression today. Some are dealing with their finances or the loss of a job. Lord, that are are just in shambles right now. Father, I just pray that you would be with each person that's dealing with that suffering today. Father, I pray that you would remind them that you are with them. I pray that you would just speak into their hearts right now, Lord Jesus, reminding them that you understand. Help them to know, O God, that there is a purpose, even if they don't understand it. Help them to understand that it will all be over soon. They just need to persevere and trust you in the midst of that pain. Lord, we trust you to see us through. I pray for my brothers and sisters, Lord, that you would give them perseverance and strength and courage to press on. Increase our faith. Help us to learn whatever lessons you want to teach us so that pain can be over with soon. And Lord, we do continue to lift up this COVID-19 pandemic to you and pray that it would all be over soon. Oh, Lord God, move as only you can move to save lives to stamp out that virus, to bless the doctors and nurses and first responders on the front lines. Lord, do your work in Jesus' name. And I pray finally for those that have never put you in charge of their lives, that right now, Lord, they would put you in charge, that they would put you in the driver's seat. Lord, that they would come to you admitting that they are a sinner, that they would come, Lord, believing that you are Savior and Lord, and that they would come to you choosing to follow you and obey you for the rest of their lives, that they would turn from their sin and choose to be baptized in obedience to your command and follow you from this day forward, persevering in this life until, Lord, they breathe their last and you call them home. Lord Jesus, thank you for preparing that place for us in heaven where there is no more pain and there is no more sorrow and there is no more suffering. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. If you need prayer, reach out, call that phone number or text that prayer counselor. Their numbers are at the bottom of your screen today. If you're watching on 
Facebook or on live.greaterimpact.cc. Feel free to message us and let us know if we can pray with you today. Uh, We want to pray with you if we can. If you're listening on live.greaterimpact.cc, there's a private prayer function there where you can have a private prayer with Amber today. She's our prayer counselor on call through that website. If we can help in any way, if we can pray with you or serve you in any way, please just reach out and let us know. God bless you, church, as you persevere this week. I pray for courage. I pray for boldness. And I pray for great faith for you as you serve our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I love you, and I look forward to talking with you real soon. God bless you.